0: Hey there, I'm Everett, I'm Baron. and welcome to Bro Have You Seen.
1: Special episode, What's Entertaining You Deluxe Premium.
0: Alrighty, here we are again with edition two, second edition of What's Entertaining You Deluxe Premium.
1: All right. Hey. Good to be here. Yeah. Recommending extended edition.
0: Yes, because, uh, you know, we're trapped in quarantine. We're watching a lot of stuff. And uh, our last episode was pretty long. We didn't want to go like an hour and 40 minutes yeah. for just one episode, so we decided to break it up, put this in here. And as usual, uh, we'll be talking about our monthly pickups um, where we discuss a few of the highlights you know blu-ray purchases dvd purchases whatever that we have obtained in the last month um maybe has been a little bit slower than other months uh for me definitely probably a little more than other months (laughs) but you know um it'll be a good segment nonetheless Um, but we'll probably just go ahead and get started with the uh stuff that's been entertaining us what's something that you want to highlight right off the bat
1: all right. Uh, just a couple that I've rewatched. Some I've already seen that I used to like a lot. Uh, we wa- me and you watched Ten Cloverfield Lane together a, a little while ago. Yeah. Um, I really enjoy that one. It's on rewatch. It's not the best movie ever. I mean, it's a. I, I rated it four stars out of five, but I think it's really good. It's a really creative story, and it's, it feels really claustrophobic. And I just I like most the actors and the team behind that movie, and I'm a pretty big fan of Cloverfield, the original uh, source material for this movie, and there's like a whole bunch of interesting lore behind those movies that's kind of cool. Um, yeah. I don't know, do you have any quick thoughts about Cloverfield?
0: I kind of enjoyed it. It wasn't terrible. It wasn't uh, my favorite ever, but it was a good ride. It was quite surprising, twisty, turny, you know, kind of what mm-hmm. you expect. What at least the, the buzz that I'd heard about it uh, for so many years I don't know when it it was probably 2016 17 Uh, 16
1: yeah 16
0: yeah so I've heard about it for the last four years and decided to finally check it out um part of this American cinema project that I've been doing I don't know if 10 Cloverfield Lane really qualifies as a major (laughs) blind spot but it was something that I'd heard a lot about uh from the last few years that I wanted to check out and uh yeah yeah, it was good it's kind of a alternate storyline to the original Cloverfield movie so yeah um it's happening in a different part of the world the country um but it's following kind of the same events of that alien attack or whatever so
1: yeah it's pretty cool nice uh, and then the next one along those same lines was limitless from 2011 mm. uh i really love limitless i think it's one of my favorite ones of the last little while last decades and mm. of like the 2010s i just remember watching it so many times growing up i was super excited to revisit it and it's just one of the coolest movies uh maybe not one of the coolest movies ever but it's a really cool movie (laughs) yeah uh crazy visuals that i kind of forgot about they use like really cool trippy stuff from like infinite zooming down the streets which is actually like a real thing i've seen done which is cool. Um I mean I've seen it done in other places so like it was oh, yeah. cool to see. I've seen people do it on YouTube like down in New York streets. Nice. So like seeing it in this I was like, "Oh, that's actually a real thing that people have done. Like it's not a digital effect. You can do that with a really long lens." But oh, really? Anyways, uh yeah, you like zoom it and then you have to run like you have to walk down the street and then go to the next spot and then do more zoom oh, and you right. stitch them all together and then it looks like it's infinitely zooming So down. it's
0: it's still technically a digital trick, but right. it's
1: not like a fake. Right.
0: Yeah. It's not a
1: fake street. They're actually yeah, filming. Yeah, it's that. cool. It's
0: that, cool. I, I really like those shots and that movie is one of my favorites. It's probably my yeah. top twenty five of all time. Uh, it's I love so it sick. that much. Bradley Cooper. Um, yeah. It's got Robert De Niro in there. Yeah, He's I didn't even guy. know
1: he was in there until yeah. I was about to rewatch it, and because I didn't know who he was when I was ten years old. Like. <laughs> yeah. I don't know, like when I last watched it. It's one of those that like obviously it's not like peak cinema.
0: Uh but it's super entertaining. It's a really interesting story. Yeah. And I feel like it's somewhat underrated. Like not so a lot I. of people so really I. know about it, but I feel like those who have seen it really love it. It's kinda like Warrior, another one of my mm. top favorite movies. Uh it's one that like you know, you could ask a random person on the street like, Hey, have you seen Warrior? They probably wouldn't say yes, but if they had seen it, they probably would rate it pretty highly. It's right. it's pretty well beloved, so I
1: think uh the story like I do think it's really interesting. The So the premise is this pill that opens up 100% of your brain capacity. Yeah, um, a little bit of pseudoscience, I, but yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, but I think that like that's such an interesting thing to think about. I do think the story falls a little flat in like how far he goes with it. He, um, uh, I don't know if it's too much of a spoiler or not, so maybe if you're interested, <laughs> skip ahead 15, 20 seconds, 30 seconds or not. But uh, he really only goes for like, stocks and politics like I don't know it's it just seemed like what he did was kind of shallow where I, I don't know like there could have been a lot other more other things and it's like true. learning languages to sleep with women and like I don't know it feels like there was other stuff that he could have done and yeah. so that part of the story is a little bit not as great as I used to think it was it used to be so grandiose but it's true it's, and
0: I actually appreciate it for not going over the top because like when you have infinite potential, mm-hmm. I mean, literally, it's called limitless. Like, there's limitless like ways you can use this. You could take over the world, really, if you right. if you really um, decided to do it. I guess, but the fact that, like, the I mean, the point of the pill is to make him like unlock all of his. I said, I said, pseudoscience. Obviously, it's like sci-fi. Um, mm-hmm. There's not a, such a thing as a pill that can open up your brain or whatever. Uh, But it's based on the premise that, like, we only use 30% of our brain or whatever, which isn't true. Which
1: is explored in other movies. I haven't seen very many, but...
0: Right. It's just, like, that premise is false. Like, we use 100% of our brain. We just can't use all of it at one time. Uh, So, like, that statistic is kind of weird. But anyway, uh, (laughs) if if that was a thing and you could unlock all of your mind, then, you know, that would be the natural thing to do. Right. To, like, make a bunch of money become somewhat powerful but like if you're a good person you're not going to want to like take sure. over the world and stuff uh but like a hyper intelligent person would probably limit haha it to like less that's true stuff plus it's a movie i would like to
1: see maybe a sequel where yeah there's a tv show i haven't watched that i don't yeah. know if it's any good so mm-hmm, drop us in the email if that's any good if you've seen <laughs> it but uh anyways little tangent cool. on limitless but yeah good movie and we might I mean, have to talk about The counterpoint to that uh is that i do think it's like realistic of what he would do like and there's different moments in the movie where it goes through and it's like okay that's probably what he would have done at this point and okay this is this makes sense like he would have done that at this point and mm-hmm. like the setbacks he has and it's really really good movie so right because it's recommend. about a, it's about a drug and so he has side effects and yeah stuff, like, and like meets other people that have had experience with it so yeah it's really good
0: yeah it's, I love that it's movie. a cool story i think We'll definitely have to talk about that. Yeah, that sometime, I was I debating
1: it. on that for our next next right. episode, so maybe in a couple months. We'll that's talk probably about
0: something that. that maybe I'll recommend to you because uh, uh, I don't know if I watched it first, but I don't know. It's definitely one that I love. Anyway,
1: yeah, cool. there's two of mine. Uh, it was a little long, but that's all right. Uh, I have a couple of years later. But what are some of yours?
0: Sweet. Okay, so I watched a lot of '60s stuff this month, so I'm not going to bring those up because obviously I mentioned a lot of it right. in either my top six list or my honorable mentions. Um, last night I finally saw Blade Runner 2049 nice and I mean obviously like if you've heard of this movie you probably know how stunning the visuals are it was shot by Denis Villeneuve like he's the director and photographs by Roger Deakins yeah yeah so the DP was Roger Deakins who just won the Oscar for 1917 Mm, yeah I believe he won the Oscar for this movie as well Uh, which he's been working for a long time, and those that was his first one was on Blade Runner twenty forty nine. Yep. So anyway, I mean, immaculate cinematography and Denis uh, Villeneuve, his movies always look amazing. Anyway, like right. Arrival, oh. just like there's some really beautiful shots in that, and uh, I don't know if I've seen any more by him. I've heard. I don't remember. I don't know how to pronounce it. It's like. On Sandi or something. I'm not, I'm not familiar with uh, anyway, anything else. About that him, one's really. like really, really highly praised. And I want to see it. It's in French because he's like a French Canadian. But Blade Runner 2049 it's the sequel to the 1982, 84 movie. I think it's 82. But anyway, it was a sequel to Ridley Scott's original from the 80s where it's set obviously in the 2040s. And it's about a Blade Runner which is a guy who hunts down replicants, old replicants which are like fake humans uh, and retires yeah. air quotes yeah. um the old ones because there's this new generation of replicants that are actually built to obey. So then there's the old batch that they've gone like, rogue since. Yeah, so what not. Anyway, so he, in, in, sorry, keep going but I have <laughs> He's, like, kind of hunting down some... He's kind of trying to solve this mystery. um, And it gets really twisty and turny. It's pretty long. It's almost three hours. But it's super gorgeous. It's kind of a slow burn. So if you're not, like, you know, fully awake, then uh, you might fall asleep. Um, But it's really interesting. Just kind of one of those thinker movies that if you can stick with kind of what they're working on, then... It's a really kind of interesting group of questions that the movie asks. Uh and it's kind of left vague on purpose, I think. Um something that a lot
1: of sci fi movies tend to do. But uh yeah, it's really good. Nice. And interestingly enough, I actually watched Blade Runner, nineteen eighty two Today. Nice. So I I really liked it. Um, well, I don't know why I, I don't know. I always say I really like stuff before I Think about what I'm going to (laughs) say. I liked it. I wasn't really big on it. Um, I've always heard about it from a special effects standpoint. And while that was definitely amazing and there's a lot to dig in there, uh, I know a couple of the things that they've done to make that movie. But uh, the story was pretty good. Characters, action, uh, really interesting world. Uh, I'm excited to check out 49. Mm -hmm. And so, like, Blade Runner was actually set in... Like 2019. So, yeah. It's only 30, 2049 is only 30 years after right. the events of Blade Runner. So,
0: yeah. It's, uh, I say this a lot with a lot of movies, like, oh, it would be better on the rewatch kind of thing. I think Blade Runner is one of those that I could see myself loving more every time I watch it.
1: Yeah, probably. Um,
0: very, like, realistically, I think that's one of the ones that if there were ever <laughs> was a movie that I would really love. Just by watching multiple times, I think that's the one. So, yeah, um, I like. Where Blade could Run. you
1: watch Twenty Forty Nine? Twenty Forty Nine. I watched it on
0: IMDb TV. <laughs> nice. It's free with ads. So there's probably like five or six ads over the course of that two hour forty five minute movie. It's not terrible, uh, but seriously,
1: like rent it.
0: Or yeah. Buy and Blade Runner is
1: available on Netflix. So right. right now, so. Cool. Yeah, watch both of those. All
0: right, my next one. I'm going to talk about this movie that uh, I'm a big fan of the director. He's done very, very few movies. I think he's directed four feature-length movies in his career. Um, His name is Spike Jones. Uh, He's pretty famous in kind of the more film buff circles. Um, So his first movie was Being John Malkovich, which was written by Charlie Kaufman. And super trippy. You know, it's about this door... That lets people go inside the mind of John Malkovich, the actor. And so it's kind of meta in that sense. And they they, they can, like, watch through his eyes. And so, like, there's just a lot of interesting things that happen with the different characters uh, entering into the mind of this person. And it asks a lot of existential type questions. And then, adaptation was his next movie in 2002. And this is, like, as meta as you could possibly get. Uh, it's about Charlie Kaufman trying to adapt a book into a screenplay and he decides to m- make his screenplay about a screenwriter trying to adapt the book into a screenplay. <laughs> 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 and so like this so Charlie Kaufman, the real person in our world, wrote this script about himself trying to write a script. That ends up being about himself. So there's like three levels. Duh. It's crazy. Nicolas Cage stars in it. It's got Meryl Streep. Um, it's got Chris Cooper. Uh, we talked about Little Women. He he plays the neighbor guy who oh, lets nice. Beth play on his piano. Um, and yeah, so th- it's really, really, really good. It's really cool. Just trippy, weird kind of plot, and you know, Spike Jones. And Charlie Kaufman teamed up. Kaufman himself, I mean, I've seen Synecdoche, New York. Yeah, I've That's watched one that. That's one that he wrote and directed. He's only directed a couple movies, but that one is pretty weird as well. Just a lot of, like, metaphorical symbolism going on. Not a lot of literal. It's, it's very, like, you could see the influences from, like, someone like Fellini. Yeah. Who is just abstract and, um, you know, just kind of all over the place. But, yeah, Adaptation. Really liked it. Nice. What's your next one?
1: I'll go with a trippy one. Oh, a weird, trippy, mm-hmm. obscure movie, except it's in the Criterion Collection, so it's now widely available. I watched this yesterday, and this is House, 1977. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's the director's first name? I know it's Obayashi, but it's his first Nobuhiko. name is... Nobuhiko. Yeah, yeah, Nobuhiko Obayashi. Yeah. Um, 70s Japanese horror movie, but... Sometimes it's more of a comedy than a horror movie. Yeah. But it's one of the most visually interesting movies I've ever seen. Um, I know you watched The Double Feature with Eraserhead, and I recently watched that. Um, I think I prefer this over Eraserhead, just uh, <laughs> <laughs> just like my interests. Uh, but they use pretty much every special effect under the sun in this one, from yeah. painted backdrops to uh, rotoscoping, chroma keying, all that stuff early. Um to just like i don't know there's severed body parts floating around in space there's uh not in space but in the movie there's uh just everything
0: like stop motion there's stop motion
1: there there's everything uh that can be done it's quite the trippy experience i've always heard but Now that I've seen it, I can attest it is very trippy. Yeah. Uh, I loved it, and I'm excited to watch it again because when I was watching it, I was like, I think I really like this, but I'm just... It's like hitting my eyes and just like so much (laughs) at once. It's just like overload Mm -hmm. to the senses that I just need to see it more and more. (laughs) Yeah. I just need to go back. Yeah, that's...
0: I, I like that and Eraserhead probably equally... I might give the edge to Eraserhead just because of David Lynch as a director I like more than this other guy who I don't really know much about.
1: Yeah. Um, I've heard he actually has a lot of other great movies, and it's kind of sad he's only known for House. Yeah. So, like, I was reading a subreddit today, and they were talking, like, like some guy recommended, like, four other ones by him that are really great if you can find them.
0: Hmm. Nice. Yeah, I know he recently passed away, so it's good that you uh, revisited House. Yeah.
1: Uh, I guess on the note of David Lynch, I a couple weeks ago, I watched almost all of Twin Peaks. Yeah, you binged that. Uh, I was that. super <laughs> hyped about that when I, I kind of kept it a secret uh, to you for a little while. Mm-hmm. And I almost watched the whole first season. And then in, within that same week, I'd finished the second season and recently watched Firewalk With Me. And then me and you watched The Missing Pieces. Yeah. So I'm caught up to date before the Return series. Looking forward to starting that soon, but yeah. we'll definitely do an episode on entire Twin Peaks because it's really great, but, uh, it's streaming, uh, Netflix, the first two seasons, then the second two, if you have like Hulu with Showtime or Amazon Prime with Showtime. Or uh, Showtime. Yeah. Or, <laughs> oh, I didn't know Showtime had its own. Anyways. I <laughs> yeah. That's what I, that. I have. Cause it came with my Spotify it oh. came with Hulu
0: and Showtime. Dang. So I should have that. Hmm. Yeah. But that's, that's what the, that's what Network it originally aired on. Right, right. Uh, where, like, the original first two seasons from the 90s was on ABC, and then The Return was on Showtime.
1: Mm-hmm. And then you can watch Firewalk with me on the Criterion channel. So yeah. if you're interested, all of that's available for streaming. But we have most of... We have all of it physically. So yeah. been, I definitely just used those DVDs when I was watching it, binged that. Uh, Netflix was a little unreliable, so...
0: Yeah, I got halfway through the second season on Amazon Prime, before they took it off Amazon Prime, like, at the end of last year, I watched it, like, kind of during Christmas break. And so I just went out and bought the DVD set because I I was so into it. Um, Second season, not quite as good. You can tell that, you know, I've heard a lot of, I've learned a lot of stuff about behind the scenes on that show, like David Lynch left the set for a while um and that's when you get a lot of just random weird storylines uh because the studio wanted him to solve the mystery and he never wanted to solve the mystery so like after they do that then the show kind of goes a little bit off the rails and then he came back for like the last two episodes and he like corrected he just yeah he righted the ship and uh finished out the show but yeah um if you're interested in twin peaks we've talked about it a few times now watch the series first and then go back and watch the movie Firewalk with me. Uh the movie is technically a prequel.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um but it's more it's easier to follow and understand what's going on if you've seen the show already. Definitely. And then after you watch the movie then you can watch the return series which is what we're going to do next so.
1: Yeah, I'm looking forward to that. I don't know how it's going to be, but
0: yeah, I'm kind of excited uh yeah sweet
1: yeah and around that same time I watched Eraserhead because I had started it but since I started watching Twin Peaks that week uh I was like I just want to be in this world of David Lynch more so I watched that and I I enjoyed it quite a bit uh yeah I enjoyed it quite a bit I like Eraserhead but
0: nice yeah I really like Eraserhead probably my favorite by him is Mulholland Drive um but I want to go back and see the rest of his stuff Blue Velvet being probably the next one right. that I'll check out. So, that's from the Sick. 80s. I'm I'm uh I listened to Film Spotting the podcast and uh they just released a list of 80s movies for their like March Madness Best of the 80s bracket that they're going to do next year. Mm-hmm. So, I have like a little over 100 80s movies. I've yeah. seen about a fourth of them already, so I'm going to try and catch up with the rest over the next year so that I can you know, participate in that because it's kind of fun to do. And the 80s is a huge blind spot for me. It's not my favorite decade at all. (laughs) Uh, And so I want to go back and just see a lot of the most important stuff that I missed. So Blue Velvet is definitely up there for me. Okay, I'll do one last one. Um, It's going to be a little bit of a double pick. I'm cheating here. But uh, so... I've kind of been in this mood where I want to re-watch a lot of the movies that I saw as a kid or just a long time ago, and, you know, just been in random moods where I don't want to, like, watch something new. Yeah. <laughs> I, just, I just want to, like, shut my brain off maybe for a minute. <laughs> so I watched this movie that I used to love as a kid called Alex Rider Operation Stormbreaker. Nice. It's based on the YA, maybe a little younger than YA novel um, by Anthony Horowitz, And it's about this teenager who becomes a spy and, you know, solves this mystery kind of (laughs) espionage plot. It's uh, not the best movie. I liked it as a kid, but like obviously now with more mature eyes, I can see a lot of the flaws in it. Um, The writing is pretty cheesy. Most of the actors don't really know what they're doing. I think Mickey Rourke as the villain, he's probably the best part of that movie. And even he has some iffy moments. (laughs) So, yeah, I mean, that's one that was entertaining me for the hour and a half or whatever that I watched it. And then on that same note, uh, yesterday I started and then today I finished the Scooby-Doo movie, the live action movie from, I think, 2002. I used to watch this like endless amounts of times as a kid. Uh, I quote it all the time with you and our other brother and like, man, that movie is awesome. (laughs) And I rewatched it and it still holds up. Like I was cracking up multiple times. There were jokes that totally flew over my head as a kid, like maybe a little more adult type humor. Um, But even some of the like just dumb slapstick moments or whatever still really got me. So, uh, you know, it might be a lot of nostalgia playing in there. Uh, I'm kind of working on my review right now, <laughs> where I, where I heavily deny that there's any nostalgia <laughs> uh, with my liking to this film. But that's Scooby Doo, and uh, it was pretty awesome. So check it out if you haven't, and if you liked it as a kid, it probably would be a good thing to go back and rewatch. So, all right, do you have one more, or uh, is that kind of wrap? I'll for mention
1: you? one more that I watched a few weeks back when it was released on Hulu. I I watched uh, Portrait of Lady on Fire. Um, Never came to our theaters here, so uh, that was kind of a bummer, but I, I'm super glad it got released on Hulu. Uh, their deal with Neon is cool, because now they have a bunch of Bong Juno films on there, mm-hmm. so I'm excited to get, watch some of those. But Portrait of Light on Fire, I still um, haven't fully, <laughs> like, digested it, uh, mm-hmm. and I like I say with everything, it really needs to be seen again. It's so beautiful. Anything that you've heard that's good about it is true, and it's totally worth the watch. Uh, It's absolutely gorgeous, so highly recommend that one. Now streaming on Hulu, like I said. Nice. It's probably my last one, and we can move on to our physical media pickups of the month.
0: Yeah. So we'll let uh, Sir Ryan Gosling uh, lead us into this (laughs) next segment. You smell that? What is that?
1: What? What's that smell? A cologne? No. Opportunity. No. Money.
0: Oh, okay. You smell money. Okay. All right. Yeah. It's all about the money. You smell that money, Ben. Yeah, smell I the money smell g- going out, going out of your wallet, and yep. Watching the <laughs> movies come in the door. <laughs>
1: <laughs> all right. Uh... You, so, you start us off. You got right. a little
0: bit more than I do. I so. have quite a few more. I, I decided to pick just kind of the key highlights here. Um, for any of you out there who like collecting physical media, who just like to simply own your movies because you never know when Netflix is going to pull your favorite movie off, uh, this segment is for you. I'm a big physical media guy and I do spend a large portion of my <laughs> uh, discretionary income or disposable income. Yeah, yeah. disposable income on. Yeah. <laughs> Movies. So uh, the first one I'm going to highlight is this nice-looking premium edition of Quentin Tarantino's Jackie Brown from 1996. Uh, it's the full-slip steelbook edition. So those of you who know about collecting media, <laughs> you know what those words mean. If not, look it up.
1: Bunch uh, of jargon.
0: <laughs> yeah, so the full-slip, it's basically a, f- a full box that goes around uh, the steelbook And then there's a booklet inside with maybe some like posts, cards, or like maybe an essay or two about the movie. And uh, this particular one, the box, is designed to look like a $100 bill where Jackie Brown, the lead character, her face is kind of in that center where like the president, uh, his face would be. So (laughs) anyway, it's a really nice looking uh, box. I'm trying to collect all of Quentin Tarantino's movies in a premium type format. This is the fourth one that I have now. So I have, what, five more? If He's, yeah. made, he's made nine films, so five more. It's quite an expensive hobby, uh, but uh, it's going to look super sweet when it's done. So, yeah, I have Reservoir Dogs, Pulp Fiction, and then Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, and I just got this, so pretty exciting, pretty exciting. Uh, and then just really quick, I also picked up, it's been on my list for a long time now. I've heard great things about the 4K transfer of... Francis Ford Coppola's Apocalypse Now. Um, It's the 40th anniversary edition. I think it came out in 79. Um, And yeah, it it comes with like three different versions of the film. There's the final cut. There's the redux or redo in 4K and Blu-ray. And then it comes with the original cut. No, special features from the original cut. And then there's a documentary Uh, that was filmed by eleanor coppola his wife during the production of that movie that movie is famous for its like crazy production like the people almost died and like there was all kinds of craziness that happened on set because they filmed it in the philippines yeah and it was just super insane so i'm excited to watch that documentary i haven't yet but I liked Apocalypse Now when I saw it, and I want to see it again in all its glory in 4K. So
1: Nice. I need to check that one out. I've always seen that famous scene a hundred times that's mm-hmm. on the cover with him emerging from the water. Yeah. So <laughs> That's mm-hmm. all I know about the movie. Right. So it would be interesting one to watch. Cool. Okay, let's see. I've got um, my first one here is I picked up. Uh, it wasn't available to stream anywhere, and I wanted to watch it to prep for our 60s episode, uh, that just aired. And this is Lawrence of Arabia, directed by David Lean? Yeah. Yeah, 1962, directed by David Lean, uh, starring Peter O'Toole and Alec Guinness, and who was the other guy that was in there that was pretty big? Uh, anyways. It's on the tip of my tongue. He plays the... I know you mentioned it well.
0: He plays like the Arab guy that's always hanging around on Claude Rains? No.
1: Oh, Claude Rains. He was Rains in there in, too. Yeah. Um, anyways. Cool. It's got a bunch of good people. It's super long. Uh, we both watched it together in like three sittings. <laughs> I mean, it was pretty yeah. rough yeah. towards the end. And we weren't big on it, but it was a must-see. And mm-hmm. like I said, wasn't really available, so I just thought this was one i would have to have it's one of those ones like i bought citizen kane after we watched it i wasn't super big on that but it's those ones that i just feel like i have to own so that yeah. i can revisit them and show them to people and yeah it, that kind of thing it's kind of an essential keystone of your collection that's a little bit for me apocalypse now yeah uh,
0: i wasn't like in love with it the first time i saw it but it deserves to be in my collection, because it's a good movie. And I was more high on Citizen Kane than you were. Yeah. Uh, But Lawrence of Arabia, I think, were about the same. Kind of mixed. I mean, I enjoyed it, uh, but it was just so long, and I don't really feel like it had much to say. We talked about this, I think, a little bit on our 6 from yeah, the 60s. Yeah, I can't remember how much, but probably not. I know this is my honorable mentions, but... Yeah, cool. I'll just toss out a couple uh, little DVDs that I, I got for super us. cheap. Yeah, so... Uh for some reason every time I'm at, like at Walmart I see a couple different like Tom and Jerry DVDs and I just remember having good memories watching some of those shorts or you know episodes if you want to call them back when I was a kid and so I decided to pick one up it was like 10 bucks and I got 30 classic episodes on it I think I got two of them cuz I didn't it doesn't say which ones are on here yeah. so I got two different ones just to see uh, hopefully I could get, you know, more, but they were really cheap. So I decided to check them out and it's a good, like I said earlier, like just shut your brain off, you know, enjoy some, oh, yeah. enjoy some slapstick, couple animals beating each other up <laughs> and, uh, in super creative ways. They're pretty funny. We've been watching them like after we're done podcasting, yeah. we're just pretty exhausted. Um, so it's a good, good one to toss on at the end of the night.
1: Yeah, I picked up one of those, um, as well at walmart i didn't see that one because it was at a different walmart so i bought one that's called tom and jerry the gene Deitch collection uh he's one of the like original creators of tom and jerry and this one was five dollars and it only has like 12 or 15 shorts so i kind of got cheated out there <laughs> how much i'm paying per short yeah but i'll definitely have to pick up the other one later because i'm a big fan of tom and jerry uh like you said really brings back lots of good memories Lots of nostalgia, watching with cousins, and just having a good time, and, uh, we love just putting them on, and, uh, you can log them on Letterbox, so it beefs up your, uh, <laughs> <laughs> beefs up your total film yeah. number, so.
0: <laughs> There's no shame in padding your stats once in yeah, a while. Yeah, yeah.
1: But, yeah, <laughs> so those also, are always good.
0: yeah, also another cheap DVD I got nice. today in the 374 bin at Walmart was the Scooby-Doo 1 and 2 collection, <laughs> uh, i watched the first one on imdb tv today and like i just liked it enough i was like i need to own this and i've been wanting to go back and see the second one again because i saw it like one time when (laughs) i was probably like seven and i don't remember it at all so i remember the trailer being super cool because there's all these different creatures that show up and they looked pretty spooky so i wanted to check out the (laughs) second one and it was good that they both came in one pack uh and for three seventy five, like you can't argue with that. It's, it's two a great movies. Deal. That's like a dollar fifty something a movie, you know. It's yeah. between a dollar and two dollars a movie, so dollar seventy something like that. That's a good deal. Nice.
1: Yeah. Uh you could do a few more.
0: Alright, so I got mm-hmm. a couple A twenty fours. The ones that I liked the most. That's another little collection, like sub collection that I'm trying to complete, is owning all the A twenty four movies. Uh, so far, I think I've said before that there hasn't been one that I don't like. And now I think I can finally say there's one that I don't like. Oh, dang. As much as I love Sofia Coppola and like her earlier films like The Virgin Suicides and Marie Antoinette, I watched The Bling Ring and I thought it was pretty terrible. <laughs> Basically nothing happened. The acting was so bad. It just proves that why I dislike Emma watson so much <laughs> she's terrible in the movie uh anyway the bling ring not my favorite a24 by any means but these are some that i did really enjoy i got good time by the Safety brothers they just came out with um, uncut gems this y- last year with adam sandler you got the florida project it's got willem defoe it's by sean baker who's kind of known for going out into these you know maybe more sketchier parts of the country in America and filming people in a very uh, unjudgmental kind of way, non-judgmental. Anyway, and then there's Spring Breakers by Harmony Kareen and I was always super reluctant to watch a Harmony Kareen movie because I've heard so much about like kids and Gummo and uh, Julian Donkey Boy and like a bunch of his movies that are really really Obscure. He's kind of part of that Dogma '95 mm. movement where like everything he shoots is on like a camcorder and it like gotcha. there's not really any plot structure to his movies and they're just like sometimes pretty disturbing in the things that it shows. But Spring Breakers was much more conventional. It's probably his most accessible film from what I've heard. It's got some pretty big stars, you know, Selena Gomez, Vanessa Hudgens, um, and De- James Franco. And it's so good. Like the atmosphere is very kind of warm and inviting, but it also kind of holds you at a distance at the same time. Uh, the music and the cinematography play a huge part together, as well as the sound design. Like like every time it cuts to a new scene, there's like a gunshot that goes off mm. and it's sort of subtle, but you can hear it. But like the first couple times it happens, you don't really know what that sound was. It was just this loud and it just kind of sets this subliminal tone in your mind of kind of where the movie's going and like, uh, you know, the kind of emotions that you're supposed to be feeling during it. So I really, Mm -hmm. really liked spring Spring breakers. I responded really well to it. And then under the skin by Jonathan Glazer, it's got Scarlett Johansson in it. This was one of the first films that a 24 did same with spring breakers. Um, but yeah, it's pretty creepy, pretty interesting atmosphere as well. It's about this like alien woman who's, or an alien as a woman or something. (laughs) It's a movie that I don't really understand and I don't think that I'm really supposed to. (laughs) I don't think anyone's really meant to understand it completely, but it's super interesting to kind of grapple with. So I liked that one a lot.
1: Nice. Um, out of those A24 ones, I think, um three, I don't know if Spring Breakers, but I know Under the Skin and Good Time are both on Netflix. Yeah. I don't know. Florida Project, Spring Breakers.
0: Yeah, I watched Spring Breakers on Netflix as well. And the Florida Project, I think it it might be on there. it just got added because it's, I think they add stuff like three and a half or two and a half years after Mm. it's theatrical run on streaming like Netflix. Amazon Prime has a lot of A24 movies. But yeah, like Uh, A a week or two ago, I was literally searching on Netflix for every title that A24 has done, and every single one came up on Netflix. So uh, if you're really interested in going back through their catalog, uh, checking out some of the maybe less well-known ones, then they're all in
1: there. Nice. Okay, I've got a quick one here before we move on to the next couple that we both kind of are connected in a way. Uh, got this a couple weeks back. It is one we've talked about at length on the show. We have a full episode. It was our technically first episode aired. Mm-hmm. Um, this is Greta Gerwig's uh, Little Women. We love this movie. It's absolutely wonderful and yeah. super gorgeous and funny and heartbreaking yeah. and lovely. And all of the adjectives. Yep. Uh, Except for all the negative ones. Yes, it has all the positive adjectives (laughs) ever invented, and Mm -hmm. none of the negative ones. Uh, It's got amazing cast, Greta Gerwig, super great. We talked about her, uh, just her writing abilities and directing abilities. Uh, I watched Lady Bird a little while ago at the beginning of the year, and watching this as well was really good. I really enjoy her work, and I'm really excited to see what she does next. Uh, Highly recommend Little Women if you haven't seen that from last year. It's... uh, one of our favorites of 2019. So. Yeah, I think it's my number one. Uh,
0: Waves was really, really close. I think it's a close second. Uh, so, yeah, Little Women, love it. I also picked that one up. Nice. When it yeah. first came, like the first day that the Blu-ray was available, I got it. So Yeah,
1: we uh, pre ordered it on Amazon, so I got it uh, a little bit after, but it was good. Yeah, yep. Sweet. Okay, um, now to you know the creme de la creme
0: (laughs) of our collection of collecting it's one that i have really been i'm I'm trying to collect more and more of uh in the criterion collection obviously you know we we talk about that a lot probably too much at this point but i i love the criterion collection uh and this box set has been staring me in the face for so long i finally decided to pull the trigger on it It's called America Lost and Found, the BBS Story. Uh, BBS was a production company in the early 70s. Um, It was headed by Bob Rafelson, Bert Schneider, and Steve Blauner. So BBS.
1: Oh, Um, I see what they did there.
0: Yeah. So (laughs) Bob Rafelson was kind of, he was a director, and then Bert Schneider was more of the producer, the talent scout, if you will. And so the first movie was kind of a um kind of a Beatles ripoff, like a Hard Day's Night ripoff, uh in America. It's called Head. Basically they created this music group called the Monkeys. Um, oh, dude. And they made a TV show and Head was a movie about the monkeys being themselves like a version of themselves, just like how the Beatles are in Hard Days Night. Uh, It was directed by Rafelson, and then you got Easy Rider, Five Easy Pieces. Um, There's a couple others that I haven't heard of, but then The Last Picture Show is one of the major ones in this set. So definitely, you know, as a big fan of the 70s that I am, and this era, and these directors, I mean, most of these movies star Jack Nicholson, and just, it's, you know, seminal film for, you know, anyone who likes american cinema and that new hollywood these guys uh did a lot to further that i mean easy rider kind of broke the broke the mold so yeah that's one set that i've been definitely just ogling on my shelf since i got it last week so uh and then like i got a couple others from criterion over the last month um picked up an ingrid bergman documentary Uh, i got don't look now which is a Nicholas Roeg kind of horror thriller suspense movie with Donald Sutherland and Julie Christie and then what else did I get I got A Face in the Crowd by Ilya Kazan that was one of the 50s movies that I really really liked and I think there's one other The Lady Vanishes Mm -hmm. as I'm kind of starting trying to grow my spine numbers in order now I have the first three right in order (laughs) so that's by Alfred Hitchcock The Lady Vanishes from like the 30s and uh, yeah it's it's coming along nicely. I also have an Arrow video order. Oh, yeah. In the mail, uh, but it ships from the UK, so I haven't got it yet. And I suspect that I'll be talking about that next month.
1: Nice. Okay. I got a few Criterion Collection Blu-rays in the April online sale because mm-hmm. they lowered their prices to 30% off. Yeah and I wanted to pick up a few, so I got one of my favorite 50s movies that we talked about, and this is Good Morning by Yasujiro Ozu from 1959. This is one of my favorite Japanese films so far. Uh, I haven't seen much Ozu, but I love Good Morning. Such a great film. Good family drama, post-war Japan, uh, and has a lot of interesting commentary about about that, about post-war Japan, and also about communication and some other cool themes, Um, I believe that's streaming on the Criterion channel, but super glad to get that on Blu-ray. I love the artwork and everything, it's super nice, and it's got the two cute little kids on the front, and it just <laughs> adds a little bit of color to my otherwise black and white spined collection so far, so. Yeah,
0: I'm looking at the 400 Blows, the Killing yeah. City Lights, and Night of the Living Dead, they're <laughs> all black and white spined, yeah. so.
1: yeah. And then we talked about this a couple weeks ago. This is Yi Yi, directed by Edward Yang from the year 2000. This is one of my all-time favorites, I think. And, uh, yeah, we talked about it a lot, but it's has a lot of good themes. It's another kind of family drama. Uh, the thing I love about it most is the way it shows all the information. It, uh mm-hmm. just very... Uh, new Taiwanese cinema is very... It shows you a bunch of different people and kind of a mosaic and lets you put together the pieces, draw your conclusions, and create the picture kind of on your own. So I love the uses of long takes and minimal editing, and there's like no close-ups in this film. Uh, Super excited to check out a bunch of other Edward Yang films and Ho Sha Shen and just a bunch of other new Taiwanese cinema. I like that kind of stuff, so it's a must-
0: yeah, is I is fantastic. I know I was a little bit mixed on it in our review uh and like just you talking about it like I feel like since then I I look back on the movie with fondness, you know. I have I have a positive emotion when I think about Yee and A Brighter Summer Day, I've heard is his kind of masterpiece. Yeah, I love that one as well. And that's super high on my list. It's been staring me in the face, you know, on <laughs> my criterion channel watch list so i'll get to that when i have you know four hours to spend yep <laughs> movie maybe next saturday when i'm off work but uh yeah uh i'm definitely looking forward to that i like E. you know uh i'm glad that you
1: recommend an excellent film i'd recommend it to anyone
0: nice all right that's kind of the monthly pickup segment actually i have one more bonus oh little shoot bit of <laughs> surprise So today I went scouring for uh, music. I wanted to buy some music to add to my music collection. Kind of the way I do it, I'm not like a vinyl snob. Uh, I I buy the the albums that I really love, like my favorite, favorite albums that I listen to constantly on vinyl. And I was out there looking for Lana Del Rey's new album, uh, Norman Effing Rockwell, (laughs) and Melodrama by Lord and Blonde by Frank Ocean. Those are are kind of in the top three stuff that I've just been listening to for ages and I need to buy. But I also, to kind of supplement my movie collection, or maybe complement it, uh, I want to buy movie soundtracks that I love on CD and kind of put those on my shelf next to all my movies. And so I went out looking, and unfortunately I couldn't find some of my favorite scores or soundtracks like Shape of Water, Parasite, mm, La La Land maybe. La La Land, yeah. um, I have a couple others that I can't think of off the top of my head. Good Time, Uh, I I bought the Blu-ray, and I love the music from that movie. But I did find a couple of Disney movie soundtracks that I also really love. I got the one from Frozen, which is my favorite Disney movie, and I love the music on that. You know, like if I'm going on a long car ride... Definitely jamming out to some Frozen songs. And then I also got Beauty and the Beast. Um, Ooh, nice. The original. Don't worry. Uh, (laughs) The original. And uh, yeah, I like the music from that. It's not my favorite Disney movie, but I definitely like it a lot. Uh, It's not even really my favorite Disney movie soundtrack by any means. I think I like the Little Mermaid soundtrack more than Beauty and the Beast, but Aladdin is probably still higher still than that. But... Beauty and the Beast is a good addition, so I got those two CDs today. And, uh, yeah, very worthwhile additions. So, very excited about that.
1: (laughs) Big thumbs up. (laughs) All right. Yeah. And that concludes our physical media segment and our episode. Yep. And next week, we'll be discussing
0: sneakers. Yep. From the 90s. Yeah, don't know what year exactly, but... And
1: don't really remember who directed it, so... Yeah, it's
0: <laughs> a little bit more obscure. It stars Robert Redford and a bunch of other people.
1: Uh, River Phoenix, one of his last movies. Right.
0: Yeah, I like River Phoenix. I literally have only seen him in Indiana Jones and The Last oh, Crusade. Oh, yeah, yeah. But My Own Private Idaho is one that I really want to check out, so... Uh, and some, else, some other films in River Phoenix's career. So sneakers will be a good one for me to revisit i know it's one of your favorite movies yeah it is and then the week after that we're moving on with our pixar project we're going to be talking about toy story 2 that's two weeks that's two weeks from now my bad no three weeks from now (laughs) yeah whatever anyway after sneakers and before toy story 2 we'll be discussing a movie from the criterion collection uh, I think I know what it is, but I want you to say it because I might forget, and I don't want to
1: say. It. Yeah. Umbrellas of Cherbourg? Cherbourg. Yeah, sure. Umbrellas think, of Cherbourg. I think that's the I, one you I recommended. Was, I was so. gonna
0: say Paris, Texas. Oh, uh, I was thinking about that you today. Could do that, but. From '84, and such a beautiful movie. So that's gonna have to be maybe next month. or It's gonna two be months. on our short list for movies <laughs> for me to recommend to you. But yeah. Anyway, yeah, Umbrellas of Cherbourg by Jacques Demy. That's in two weeks from now. But, and uh, then
1: after that, it's Toy Story 2. And then after that, we'll probably do 7 from the 70s yeah. if we're ready. Yeah, let's and just send wrong. it. Do 7 from the 70s. I've already watched a couple, so I'm yeah. farther ahead than I was on the 60s list for my prep. So Yeah, I definitely, have, I definitely have more 70s in the bag. It is my biggest blind spot decade. I've seen the least amount of movies. I've seen more movies from like the 40s, 30s, and 20s mm-hmm. individually than I've seen from the entire 70s. So
0: Yeah. Looks like I've seen forty one from the seventies. Wow. I have a big list to catch up on other blind spots, but I certainly can find seven that are worthy to bring up. So if I literally don't watch a seventies movie in the next four weeks, which I definitely will, then I will have enough to hold me over.
1: <laughs> I think I've seen about twelve, so sweet. And that's like that's the like biggest number probably of confidently seen. <laughs> cool. So All righty. Yeah. Yeah. This episode
0: was a little bit more off the cuff, a little bit more free form than our usual, you know, we try to keep it a little bit more structured and uh, focused, but (laughs) this one we're kind of
1: free flowing. Just just vibing with the, you know, entertainment and physicalness.
0: Yeah. Like just putting out them good vibrations, man. And with that, we will close out. Uh, If you want to email us feedback, is uh bro have you seen podcast at gmail.com also you can follow us on letterbox
1: i am at Everett clark 236 and i'm at barn clark
0: yeah and uh totally be sure to leave us a five star review and yeah. all that good stuff you have no idea uh, how much it could help to grow the show and you know if if we're giving you the right content that uh, that you want then we'll keep on doing it
1: um, and if not, too bad, because we like doing this for <laughs> ourselves.
0: <laughs> yeah, but that's what the feedback is for. Uh, yeah. Let us know if you have any gripes or cr- suggestions of how we can improve.
1: We're always down for that. And uh, what you think of our stuff we've been talking about and what you've been watching in quarantine. Any suggestions or things that you've picked up physically. So
0: Yeah. Yeah, all of the above. Cool. All right. See you next week, bro.
1: See you, bro. <laughs>